All right, mercifully, we are through like one of the, the least possible interesting weeks of Pac-12 football. Uh, takeaways, they came out with the first CFP rankings, I believe, of the year. Uh, USC and Oregon were both in the top 10. Oregon probably with the best shot to kind of uh, test the fringes of that. We'll talk about that uh, and pick all of next week's games against the spread on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Well, you work all week on trying to identify who the eligible receivers are. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick this week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. As I said in the open, we had just an absolute spate of double-digit spread shitty football games in the Pac-12 last week. Uh, and we will get to reviewing those right now. Let's start it off. Utah, this was like the closest game on Thursday last week, spread-wise. Utah were seven-point favorites at Washington State. Cougs hang tough uh, against, to be fair, a backup quarterback for Utah that nobody knew about going into this game. Uh, Cougs cover it up. Utah wins 21-17. to I think you got it. Um, <laughs> the 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 uh, exciting part about this game was the TV announcers apparently did not know that Cam Risen was not playing Utah's starting quarterback prior to the game, and so they were very surprised to see the backup come out. Kyle Whittingham would later s- suggest that that was maybe because they weren't local. He wasn't trying to hide it. Bullshit. Whatever, man. I love it. I love that he's playing this game with them that they're all grumpy about him not telling him he's not going to be the starter. Um, the story for WSU remains like this quarterback they've got and his in inability or unwillingness to like throw the ball downfield. Yeah. Yeah. I actually watched a fair amount of this game and like, uh, for, I mean, from a completion standpoint, it's hard to do better in terms of like managing the ball 27 to 31 on the day, uh, 222 yards, one touchdown, no interception, but you're right. They do not threaten the ball down the field. I was watching it, and I uh, remarked, it looks like an offense that's, like, entirely made of jailbreak screens. Like, the ball just is out immediately and going nowhere forward. Yeah, he just goes side to side. He doesn't go down the field. He doesn't stretch the field. It enables the defense to walk up to the line of scrimmage. makes life very difficult for the receivers. I noticed a couple weeks ago that WSU's, like, sort of go-to receiver is a really short white guy named Vassal. Um, that's a problem. You know, like in today's college football game, you need like really athletic, tall wide receivers on the edge who can stretch the field. Think, you know, Stanford's, you know, bevy of like six foot seven tight ends. Think of, you know, the, the you know, the wide receivers, six two, six three. If your best guy is like a five seven slot guy, I don't. I don't think that bodes well for you in in today's college football. No, I mean it's it's all in. You can maybe make that work if you're like really, you know, applying some pressure and stretching the ground that the defense has to cover. But yeah, it's t- when you're not going to like cre- scheme that guy into space or use him to create space for other people down the field. It's kind of like what's the point? Um, Cougs had a sequence in this game. Uh, I believe it was at the end of. The first half. Uh, 
Oh, excuse me. I don't know. I might be thinking about something else, and I don't want to go back and look for it. But anyway, WSU uh, ended a drive. You know, they had the turnover in this game. They had a, a fumble. <laughs> um, Utah had one in the second half. But, yeah, I mean, it was just like WSU gets within four, but it's one of those where you're like, did they even – was this even a threat? You might be thinking about the sequence that ended the first half for Utah where they – punted the ball to WSU, WSU muffs the punt, Utah recovers with like less than two minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Utah drives down inside the two for WSU, appears to be stuffed on third down with like a really nice tackle in the hole by the linebacker. Like Utah brings out the field goal team, looks like a big win for WSU to, to hold them to the field goal to end the half. They stop the play review it for targeting i mean it's one of those things it's that de- it was definitely like you know it was a targeting but it's also i think as clearly you know like as clearly as i could say that i think it was a targeting i think it's equally 100 percent obvious that it was just like a good ass tackle and the guy should not have been kicked out of the game for it yeah but whatever it was that's the rule you know, you can't put your head down when you go to tackle somebody and lead with the crown. I mean, I think they're just going to make game-changing calls against teams until they figure that out and stop doing it. And then, so with the first and goal, Utah, instead of being held to the field goal, goes ahead and scores the touchdown. Like, just absolutely devastating sequence for WSU. Turnover on a kick, horrible penalty, um, you know, horribly bad luck penalty that you lose your starting middle linebacker. And then Utah scores a touchdown. I mean, just like a triple whammy going into halftime. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, and then also you would say, yeah, and then Utah actually ended up getting a targeting called on them in the second half, and they ended up losing a guy on really a fairly similar circumstances where the hit wasn't that vicious. It's just so happens that at the point of contact, the defender decided to look at his shoelaces, you know, yeah. uh, and get that crown in there first, and we just can't have it. Can't have it, won't have it. It's not gonna, not gonna be, not gonna make fans happy. I completely understand why Coug fans would be upset about the first half one. I understand why Utah fans are upset. It's just the way the rules written. It's like that's you can't, can't put your head down. You got to keep it up. That's how we're doing it now. Alrighty, um, we have next. Let's go uh, to Oregon and Cal. Uh, the Ducks, massive favorites in this game. Uh, for a brief second in the second quarter, Cal led 10-7. to 7. Uh, Oregon uh, scored uh, four touchdowns then <laughs> before Cal could find a sec- another answer. Uh, and Oregon ends up winning very comfortably 42-24. I think you covered it. There's really, yeah, not, what do you say? I mean, it's like, I mean, is let's AC look at what did Bo Nix do, right? Yeah, 18-point win on a 17-point spread, so that's exciting. Yeah. Right? Like, that's kind of neat. Um, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, two turnovers, two interceptions for Knicks, uh, but otherwise he threw for 412 yards, ran for another 59. Uh, and how about, you know, just uh, three touchdowns passing, three touchdowns rushing? That'll work. He's doing everything, man. He is. He is. Uh, hate to see it. Uh, next up, USC and Arizona uh, in a game that uh, another big spread game. Arizona gets inside this thing and covers it right up. 
two of the absolute worst penalties in USC's favor that I've ever seen. All that we've talked about it multiple times. Yeah. USC should not get a single call this year. There was a roughing the passer call in this game or a, a, a third down stop for Arizona. You know, was going to keep USC out of the end zone. They pushed the guy after he threw it and then maybe talked some junk. I don't know. It's like football. And yeah. the refs throw the flag. Yogi Roth on the call can't believe it. I mean, he's like, it's one of those things like Yogi Roth is like a company man, right? Like that guy yeah. will back up any amount of horseshit that he sees if it, if, if, you know, like if that's what the expectation is. And, and he's just like, well, I guess you can't talk. That's the rule. And you're just like, you can just see, he's, he, like, even he's just seething that this call gets made. And, and Yogi's a like USC guy. And then subsequent to that, there was a pass interference call where like basically the USC wide receiver tackled the D back. They call it on him and they like, they showed the replay and then Yogi, I think it was Ted Robinson with the other guy. And they, they literally sat for seven seconds in silence waiting for the next play didn't even comment on it because what could like they couldn't come up with a spin like yeah. they're just like oh my god it's it's embarrassing dude these like USC should be getting hosed on these calls every week why is that not happening I don't know yeah I mean they uh I the what little I saw of this game was actually Lincoln Riley furious with officials uh due to a ball placement issue at the end of the first half they wouldn't. They couldn't get the ball place for USC to call a timeout and take a chance at a field goal or take a shot to score. Uh, and the half ends up running down, and Lincoln Riley was like really in the face of the referee at halftime. Managed to avoid a flag on that. Uh, I, you know, they ought to fight him. Yeah, yeah, just brutal. Let's get it together, Pac-12 refs. They're not going to, dude. Is the deal? Yeah. I guess people have been asking for that for a while. Next up, oh man. It was a rough one in Boulder, but it becomes a shootout. Uh, if you believe that this could be a good football game, you enjoyed Arizona State and Colorado. Uh, Colorado, they score the last two touchdowns, uh, including a punt return touchdown with five minutes to go. They were unable to get the ball back. They lose 42-34. to 34. What a game. That's what I got to say about that. <laughs> Here's what I got to say about uh, the other thing is that Remember this uh, Borgay character? Who? The backup from Arizona State? Yeah. Who beat Washington? I do. I don't remember his name, but okay. I think that's it. Uh, well, he's, he was a starter like, for uh, Arizona State in this game. He threw for 435 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, he's 2-0 and now, having beat, like, Washington and Colorado. You should probably start this guy. Yeah, it turns out this guy can apparently play. Now, what's his name? A Trenton. A Borgay. It's like the French version of Max Borgie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like exactly. Borgie, it's like Borgie washed out of the NFL and he's just back in college. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's back there with a mustache. <laughs> Deciding to throw. Putting all the lessons from Mike Leach to the test. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, dude, I'd love that. Now I want to know, what's what's the deal with this guy? <laughs> I, I already he's a walk-on. Well, in two games, uh, he had a passer rate, QB rating of 181.8 against Washington and 177.8 against Colorado. Should probably play that guy. Uh, six touchdowns between the two games. Maybe maybe he'll transfer up to UW next year. We'll take him. We will. We'll treat you right. Uh, how about UCLA 
in Stanford, uh, the final game of this week of just blowouts. And this one, this one went to script. Uh, UCLA uh, recovers from their loss to Oregon, puts it on a bad Stanford team. Um, you know, comfy win. There's really not a ton to get into about it. I mean, it was the Zach Charbonnet show, almost 200 yards on the ground. Uh, yeah. Stanford couldn't really do anything on offense. There you go. So bad, man. I mean, they've won a couple games. I know they beat Notre Dame uh, at Notre Dame somehow. Yeah. But just, just like, like every time I watch a game with them and it just, it's just horrible. They're just a bad team. Yep. Yep. All right. But, you know, new week, new opportunity. So how did we end up doing on picks last week? Well, we did about as well as we've been doing for the last couple of weeks, which is not very good. So we had one guy go 0-5, one guy go 4-1, and and the rest of us went 2-3. and So now you actually have Butchart here, like reasonably, like he's out he's out in front. He's, he's like got a two-game lead on me and a three-game lead on Adam and a four-game lead on you and a really large lead on, on Levine. Um, so... Yeah, Butchart's, Butchart's developing a little bit of a lead here with a really a solid week of 4-1. Yeah, they, you take those all the time. All right, uh, let's get it back. Oregon Ducks and the Colorado Buffaloes. They cannot make a big enough line. <laughs> they can't. You can't. You just can't take Colorado, can you? Any, I know they covered up last week on ASU, but there's no way. The number is too big. <laughs> Buffs. I'm taking Oregon, man. They're ranked in the football playoffs, just high enough to believe that yep. they have a shot. They need to. They're going to drop a 70 burger on these guys. Buffaloes are coming to play, dude. We're 30. We're 31 points to the good at kickoff. Find me two touchdowns. It's going to be 41 to 72. Yeah, <laughs> or 14, 14 to 72. Yeah, well, that's probably true. All right. <laughs> But I like the bus. I'm room for the bus. I've, I've decided I'm just picking it against Oregon every game this year and losing every one of those. That's a fair. That's fair, dude. I, I respect the hell out of that. <laughs> uh, next up, Washington State and Stanford. The Cougs are four and a half point favorites against Stanford. I think this is a game that suits Stanford uh, because Washington isn't uh, anywhere near as explosive as they've been on offense. Like Stanford will maintain contact with WSU, but. I like the Cougs. I think they gave, even if it is a backup quarterback, it's still Utah. They gave him a game last week. I like the Cougs to get this one. I think WSU's season is over here. They they went they went to four and four. They you know they can't get the ball down the field. Stanford's terrible, but they're at home. I don't know, man. I like I'm, I'm with you. I think I think Stanford matches up well against them. So I'm gonna go the other side of this and take Stanford. I what I want to know is what is. Uh, you know, can I get a look at Washington State's schedule? Who's coming up here? Is there a path to six wins? And you would have to say, I mean, their next games are, we need two of, because we don't want to be worried about it going into the Apple Cup, but they could absolutely win the Apple Cup. They're at Stanford. They're home against Arizona State. They're at Arizona. Give me two of those. Yeah. Yeah. I can it's see. doable. I can see it. I can see it. They are on a three-game losing streak, but all three to ranked teams. I could see him not winning another game this year also. Yep. Unfortunately, that's a possibility. All right. How about – uh-oh. Uh-oh, I lost my games. What's next? We got Utah 
at or Utah at home facing Arizona, 17 and a half point favorites for the Utes. Who knows what the status of the starting quarterback situation is for the Utes? Does that make us too much of a spread? Great question. We are going to see. Why did he sit out against Washington State? He apparently decided he couldn't play. It's concerning. <laughs> I respect the hell out of that dude. All these times we talk about these guys from LA getting getting to this getting to getting uh, to what? Well, I said all these times we got these guys from LA who get into Pullman and are like, "Where are? Where am I? What is this?" And all the, and it takes a guy from Utah to be like, "I'm not doing this." Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm not like. I'm I'll be there, but I want just give me a warm coat. I'm not doing this. Thursday night, no thing, no sir. I'm yeah. not playing this football game. Yeah, okay, I like it. So you figure I I would I would think he plays, uh, and I'll take the Utes in a blowout in that one. I'm going to take uh, Arizona. I like it. I like Arizona to score points. They score points. They do score points. That's not their problem is scoring points. The problem is they can't play defense. So all they got to do is like, you know, put up like three touchdowns and they, you know, I think they'll stay with like, I think they'll lose like, you know, 38, 25, 38, 24 kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. They do score. Um, I'm looking for the Utes to bounce back and kind of stay sort of involved on the fringe of the uh, Pac-12 championship game race. Uh, how about UCLA and Arizona State? UCLA are 10 and a half point favorites against the Sun Devils. I'll take yeah. UCLA. I'm going to go with UCLA also. I like that. I was pondering it for a second, but I think UCLA is good enough. They've shown us they're good enough this year to beat teams like ASU, so I'll take it. Next up, uh, Cal and USC. USC are 21.5-point favorites against Cal. Cal's terrible, dude. I'm Cal's USC. so bad. Yeah, I think they're so bad. I like USC. All right, that leaves one game. And I would say uh, game of the week. Yeah, it's got to be two teams like Oregon State's ranked in the in the AP poll for the first time in a minute, like a long while actually. Oregon State um, was in the uh, CFP rankings. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're ranked. I think in the, I think they're ranked in the AP poll for the first time in a while. Um, UW is on the periphery of being ranked at six and two. Doesn't feel like UW is six and two, does it? Um, getting healthy coming off a bye i feel good about that because uw looked really good coming into the season like coming out of the gates see what see what uh what our guy kaylin DeBoer has pulled up i feel also good about the fact that oregon state really struggles on offense yeah um that will help uw's more bound defense and uw's offense you know plays into the strength of oregon state which is their defense but i like uw's offense from a skill position player standpoint our skill position players are better than your skill position players and scheme-wise, even if it's a wash, that means we win. So I actually feel okay about this game. Friday night, which I don't love, but I really, really hate Friday night road games, so that bodes ill for Oregon State. Yeah. That's all I, I mean, that's all I got. I feel okay about UW winning this game. Yeah, we're going to be in the mix. I'd forgotten it was on Friday. That's exciting. We're, <laughs> we're day after tomorrow. We're in the mix. Oh, I, I had forgotten until today, and then 
led to me panically putting up a post for a babysitter Friday night. <laughs> tickets to this game. That is funny. And then who we got? Uh, I'm going to peek ahead, even though Washington could very well lose this game. Ooh, Ducks following week. Yeah, Ducks. Well, that's nice. Get a little bit of a longer week going to the Duck game. Yeah, we got one extra day on them. Can't underestimate the power of one extra day. Coming off a bye, one extra day. Now watch. I mean, if our guy Phoenix is going to get hurt in this shit. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's going to be the Dylan Morris show. Yeah. All righty. Well, I'm excited to be through that bye week. That was pretty brutal. Uh, it was a bad week. It was a bad slate of games and exasperated by the fact that our team wasn't playing. Like, you can get by on a bad, bad week of games if your team's, you know, beating up on somebody. Like, you know, it's okay. Without without that there, it's just tough. Yeah, I agree with you. All righty, that does for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.